Hello there. My name is Ruben and welcome to my podcast. On the show I speak to a bunch of my friends about the experiences and learnings over the last 10 years. If you know me, there's a high chance you'll know many people on the show. So tune in to find out more about what they've been up to all these years. On today's show I'm speaking with Darshit. I met Darshit back in Bain in 2013 and we chat about his journey from there all the way to Rwanda where he lives today. He tells me about his phoenix moments and how he ended up running marathons and cycling 200 kilometers. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks for making time to do this man. Yeah, it's a pleasure when you just said that, uh, you know, let's just connect on points and the questions that you I mean you said right just experiences and I think it's a good uh, you know opportunity for me to just take a stock of what's been happening in my life and just try to jot down some points yeah uh, a bit in, bit in conjunct, conjunction to what you mentioned about right so started that actually was like my uh, cue to like you know let's start journaling so oh. this was more like you know trying to squeeze in last 10 years of journal in like 10 minutes or <laughs> 20 minutes but still uh, a good start nonetheless yeah uh, so before we start uh, i must say that uh, i have to congratulate you on being the first non stefanian on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so the congratulations of being the first person who i can't ask uh-huh. a question about hey how did you become friends in college or how was life in college Yeah um so anyway i think i think just to rewind uh why don't we quickly like get into it you know we we met back at, in in bain this is mm-hmm. 2014 that's correct and i want to talk to you about you know this journey of yours from bain to technoserve to bombay to africa to coffee and and this crazy like i don't know marathons you're doing these days so there's a lot i want i i want to i want to speak to you about but why don't we start with just you know hearing from you on how these last 7 years you know have been and uh, and then we can you know mm-hmm. go back and and unpack each of them one by one so yeah i mean starting point is 2013 graduate get a job at bain be there for just under 2 years and probably that's the time uh, where a lot of us were starting to soul search luckily that i to be honest while getting out did not have much answers in terms of what i wanted to do but it was pretty obvious at that time that uh professional services and more importantly consulting was not something that would uh help me realize the vision which in itself was a work in progress so quit summer 2015 go into technoserve something that i kind of had been reading a bit here and there which was agriculture went into bombay for a for a year uh had a good stint in terms of the projects that i work with and then more and more realized that a lot driven by what society is already trying to kind of do over you know two years in consulting i was just that one year technosa when the second year was coming in and then like you know more and more you're trying to just be at the leash of society so that that's the minute i just decided within like a space of month that change everything in your life which starts from like your job your geography your friends your food your culture your language a 360 degree change like everything out of your comfort zone and within like as i mentioned a month i decided i'm going to fucking ivory coast show up in ivory coast and i would say it's not only easy but probably 
the starting of my, uh, you know, a, a phase in my life where I am really proud of and where I am for the reason is that where you start taking control, start one by one taking charge of what every decision that you take. And the most fundamental thing that I think all human beings need to think about is like, you should be in charge of your decisions and your happiness. I think that's the first time I ever did something where I felt it was fully under my camp, under my purview. And not to say that it was the best decision or the best decision, but was a start. Then uh, three months stint in Ivory Coast, a sort of like still with Technosoft, but again, completely different profile. Uh, a couple of months in other two short or other countries, which is Senegal and Guinea-Bissau. Went to another country called Benin. Long story short, West Africa. Jumped around quite a few countries for something around from March 2016 till summer 2018. Over that time, primarily working in one commodity, cashew. And what I was working was on setting up uh, business processing units that would process cashew, the nut that we eat. Likewise, gained a bit of experience in one commodity, in one geography of Africa, tried to revamp myself again, went into East Africa, where an opening had opened up with TechnoServe within coffee. Again, a lot of the peers of ours, which you and me have just realized, were going into business school. And then that the whole raison d'etre comes that, you know, is this all leading up to a business school uh, story or what do you really want? And that's another decision time you take, be like, you know, no to business school, no to that thing, you charter your own thing. And then switched back full time into a commodity trading firm, trading coffee and a couple of other commodities. Still based in East Africa, primarily based in Rwanda, but traveling around other geographies here. So in a nutshell, that's kind of like the journey of past seven years is from Bain into TechnoServe, into a bit of like this one, two years where there was a bit of soul searching, but at the same time, really figure out like, you know, what is purpose, what is value for you, what it means, what happiness means for you. That's kind of like, yeah. Uh, And I'm so glad we started with that because I I was thinking really hard on how to describe your journey and how to set context for this entire conversation. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to describe it as well as Darshit is going to do it. So let me just ask him. And for a lot of people listening, they'll be like, what just happened? But (laughs) (laughs) it's, I I think, uh, indicated into how, how crazy your journey has been. Um, and how probably you would have never expected it, you know, out of Xavier's, like when you were just leaving yeah. Xavier's in 2010 or, or 2013, uh, to imagine that you would, you do, did you imagine that you would be here? Impossible. <laughs> I, I don't know, wildest dreams. I mean, I would say for like half of the countries that I just mentioned did not, I, for my naivety and my ignorance did not even know these countries names existed. So I, I'm super excited for this conversation because I really want to unpack a bunch of stuff over this mm-hmm. you know, fantastic journey. So maybe let's start from the beginning, right? Where we met um, back at Bain, uh, back in mm-hmm. Gurgaon, uh, back to Belvedere, <laughs> Belvedere Towers, <laughs> Belvedere Park, the, the cheap, the cheaper, the cheaper real estate. Um, t- talk to me about, about your experience at Bain, because from what I remember, mm-hmm. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. you came into Bain at 2013 and I wouldn't say that you were thriving at Bain. It just didn't feel like the right match at that point of time. And, you know, you were the first one to, to leave. So walk me through, you know, your experience at Bain or at what point did you decide that, hey, you know, this is, this is not for me. Yeah, no, that's a very good, uh, I mean, I think like people close to me, such as you already knew that from, I mean, for all of us, I mean, to start off with coming from college and this was one of the top three or top five jobs in each of our respective colleges, right? So when you get it, you feel ecstatic and you feel great that you have a chance to work with such a good reputa- a brand 
uh, with a good salary, etc. Once we start a join, and I remember that, you know, me as a, like a bit of a cultural context is that coming from a southerner like you, right? I mean, I come from Kerala and where, I mean, competition was a thing, but nowhere at the scale that I saw in Delhi, you know, amongst all of you people like who have come really kind of cut it out when you kind of like, you know, start from Stephen's and all the things that you have told me about how people try to get into certain societies or certain jobs or certain, yeah. you know, opportunities where I mean, from places like Kerala and I'm sure it's likewise for Goa, etc. Where you kind of like take a po- moment's pause and you actually like think you do, you're doing action, but at the same time, not like a headless chicken. First realization of coming to Bain was just that I needed to really go into that headless chicken mode where you really not think deep or you don't think about what you're doing, what's the larger purpose it's serving for the organization and more importantly, the larger purpose for you. Does it fit into your equation? I mean, disclaimers that not many of us had any idea of what we want to do in life at that time, uh, including me. Probably many of us don't do yet as well and which is completely fine. You know, one of the most real things I realized is that I had to shed a part of me, which was very important and to just kind of like execute and really get into it. So one of the first learning was that the second thing that I felt also was competition, but also a competition. There was uh, one within our batch, which I really appreciate. It's just like, you know, everyone's trying to perform well and really start a foot. And I think everyone should do that, right? Like give your 200% when you're trying to like new organization, try to have your foot holding. But then also with other multiple levers and uh, the larger dynamics at play, undeniably a larger proportion of staff at there was North Indians. The whole cultural dynamics of how you interact, how you kind of work in a team also was very, very different for me. Mm. So overall, long story short is, as you rightly had summarized uh, up front, it was like, yeah, I was not exactly thriving. I was first, I was below par. I, I would consider myself now like that look in retrospect. And then I was just at par. My first one and a half years was just like when I was getting at par, getting one of that your most average uh, ratings, as we call mm. it, ratings. You know, oh my God. you already categorized into numbers. A lot of those experiences kind of like really laid the foundations. I mean, I to be as brutal as uh, I could be, uh, and as candid as that, to know that what things that I didn't want in my life. You know, that actually right now, that two years taught me so much in, for my, my life. It's exactly, I had like a sort of a metric that I wanted to kind of think about what I want to do in life. This writing is what that helped me explore. Like I have sort of like a three scale, four scale metric that I would kind of use to evaluate a job, personal fulfillment and my overall life environment that I want to create if ever I want to, you know, mm. thrive in a place. And unfortunately that job at that time, at that place was exactly all against what I would stand for in the sense that as you know, a lot more now that environment is such a big factor yeah uh in terms of what helps you thrive and whilst i had like great people around me but a larger other things were not something that would enable me to perform at my best levels and i think both of us uh, <laughs> have had extensive conversations of you know some of the things that can be better there i mean yeah. in terms of so i i would say the main uh, stint uh, to summarize is like a big cultural shot up front and while you're trying to overcome the cultural shock, you start to realize a lot of the other challenges that were not the most conducive for your best demonstration of your abilities and your skills. Mm. And the job in itself was, was great. I mean, I'm still very grateful of things like, like the basic core establishment that you had. 
Mm-hmm. But I would still feel that, like you say, like you know, there's like two lives you have. Like the second, the second one starts when you realize you just have only one. Main idea being that awake, not an awakening moment, but start you really thinking of yourself. So a point that I'll try try to drive through this conversation is that you end up in a situation where the larger society is playing its clutches to, for you to be at a thing that you're supposed to do, as mm-hmm. opposed to you intrinsically deciding for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think. Around for all of us, our batch, at least I know you, uh, I know Drew, I know Samir, Chuck, and others, for the lack of better word, that awakening or awakening moment came around in 2016, 2017, mm. when all of us like, it's enough, right? It's mm. enough, like, you, you are the captain of your ship, you take charge mm. of your actions. So this is a, a series of examples up to 2016, where I would kind of say like, you know, great experiences would not trade this for anything else, but at the same time, would not do that ever again. <laughs> So if you were to go back to 2013, would you do Bain again? That's always a interesting question, right? Like at that time you made the decision basis, all the information that you had, but now, uh, I, I would do it for the people, but I would not do it for the exact skill sets. Cause now in the world that is coming in, coming through right now, I mean, there are certain skill sets that will really set you apart in terms of like, you know, what will help you to thrive in the world that's not right now, but the world of tomorrow, which is like, mm-hmm. let's say next five to 10 years. And I, and I feel that consulting may not have been the most adapt situation to give those skills to me. Got it. To me at least. So you were the first person to, to quit. Um, mm-hmm. I think this happened in 2015, mid of 2015, if I'm not wrong. Correct. What, what do you remember the, the moment where you, where you realize that this is it? I need to move on. Do, do you remember that? February, 2015. <laughs> exactly. February, 2015, our review cycles, you remember were like, you know, June to December and December, I had just finished my review cycle where you realized that, you know, all of us, the hours we were working, not to state and on this podcast, but the hours we were working, the efforts we were putting in and all the general, you know, trying to speak a language, trying to speak in within that thing and trying to be like a factory output then mm-hmm. really expressing yourself of like, you know, what you critically really thought about certain things, giving away your soul in some way for everything just to try to be fit, right. To make that fit for yeah. what they expected you to measure because measurement in a, like this and still not like making it above average was still mm-hmm. average. Then it's more like, you know, you're straining to a point where it's like a rubber band, you're straining, straining and it snaps. And mm-hmm. before you reach that snap point where it becomes really uh, hard for you to kind of cover up certain things, it's better that you start, you know, hustling and trying to do things that drive your purpose. That's the moment I think that I just realized, okay, I need to move on. What was going through your head? Because this is, I think it was a big step, right? You're in your first job yeah. with the first person to be like, you know what, I'm going to quit. What was going through your head at that point of time? That time was one of the larger structure of what it means, what would mean to me to kind of like, you know, uh, a general scale that I used to use to kind of decide uh, professional opportunities and where I would want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just coming up with that thought process at that time. And like the first metric that I, I would, I, I share it right now is something like, you know, that is very interesting for all of us to critically think through, like, as we try to move through and navigate through different opportunities in our life is like, you know, would you want to work in a professional services industry or, or gigs, which are short term jobs where you have a very, you know, like James Cass has a really good book that you call finite and infinite games. 
like you know there's a definite start point there's a definite end point mm. there's a definite expected thing out of you mm-hmm. which is great for certain set of people who have certain skill sets or do you want to play the infinite game or the more like long term value creation where you probably do not have what the start point is you for hell sure do not know what the end point could be or there is no end point it's just it's a game mm. so do you want to do, work towards some like activities that can have more long term value creation more risk taking more thinking etc the second is about the city urban life versus i would say rural exactly because rural is such a term which try to like have your mind associate certain adjectives while it's not mm-hmm. rural in rural sense but more like out of beat you know let's just say off beat when i say city urban life i mean is that you know what the whole larger narrative around you growing up is that move to a city get a really good job get a cushy job in a with a nice desk get a nice apartment or a house if you're like a rich guy and the whole that common narrative versus things as a narrative about like you know what is the experience that you want in life where those jobs are at does mm. that mean like you're going to the most remotest part of the country or you're going to do things which you know are non sexy you're going to tie two cities you're going to like developing countries you're going to underdeveloped countries so that whole other narrative uh you want to be in a city like let's say gurgaon where i mean supposedly it's a city and fits some of the criterion but like no clean air no clean uh you know you can't walk on the streets or you want to have other those things so that second metric that i was looking at the third is also with the money uh, money versus your quality of experiences i mean uh monetary is obviously the most fundamental like helps you kind of give you a bit of the leeway to go experience benefits but at the same time how much was enough for you to have a good living mm. and then the remaining time you devote uh within your job or outside your job you wanted a good paying job which you really were you you're good at it maybe and you even really like it is great but for a lot of the people in consulting professional services we can say it's a bit of a mixture right mm. i mean either you're good at it and you don't like it or either you like it but you don't really good at it or either the, the double negative is you don't like it and you're not even really good at it mm. but it pays you well right like professional services you know a yeah. short term reward versus like foregoing the immediate benefit for a something long term value creation which is not linear which is more scalable which is more uh, you know yeah you cannot you don't have a purview to what you could get and unfortunately when i start looking look, drawing these three main criteria that i still date use as a uh, scale to really kind of guide my decision making bane for me at that moment in life literally kind of fit in all those uh, things that i didn't want to do was like a city urban life where really was unhealthy for my personal health benefits for all the reasons we know delhi gurgaon and pollution and etc the whole short term is a long term value creation job things and second is the money so paid well was in a city urban life which really i didn't care about and also the short term so is the time moment you really realize that okay yeah and all those stars align and you realize okay what you will needed to think about mm. and it's still date i think i find this scale very valuable for me to just kind of you know help me through move through places cities countries and really uh, bet and take risk on things that would you know drive value for my vision yeah were you nervous at that point of time hell yeah that's the first time you actually kind of going against the tide right uh and there are questions 
some of the friends like you who are more like upfront be like you know what are you going to do we don't know yet or or like this but there are some people who are i mean friends who be like would be like oh that's great on front your front but behind hush hush you know like you know and in a nice way right they are nervous about like what is he even going to do what is he even like this parents and, and i really kind of at this stage i'm grateful to my parents who never had never doubted where he would go what he would do uh would just stare and just be like you know as long as you have critically thought through it you're happy for you mm. so it's you very think? very very important factor where your parents really kind of do not need to know what you're doing or do not need to you know have the assurance that he'll be fine but need to be comfortable with the fact that my son is or my daughter is taking risk and mm. i think that's one of the most beautiful things in life that you can do is take risk how, how did you deal with this fear uh just take more of it <laughs> at one point it just feels that like every, and like you know that was the first step you can kind of change into a different industry and different things and then you just be like be like yeah that's just like a aspect of my life change let's take a step forward and fucking change the whole environment the whole thing and that's when i said we do everycos the language city country continent job culture like very start getting easier just mess it up like put put fire to your life and then just see the beauty coming out of it <laughs> it's just kind of like do it to a point where it just gets like ridiculous at some point you know you you got to be making stories in retrospect never in advance cuz then you already have figured it out you know then it is no fun so that, that's the thing you you got to make stories in retrospect what does that mean i'm a bit extreme on this front where i say that if you already like you know if your job can be defined if your work that you're doing can be already you know put together in some words if what you're trying to do in within your life can make sense then you're already probably in some ways doing it wrong because it's already figured it out you're never really pushing yourself you're going for comfort convenience versus something like you know really pushing yourself to the unknown mm. so idea is like my my mantra over like time has just be like you know your life almost at all points has to be like unbearable <laughs> as shitty as it sounds it has to be like things where you have no clue about what you're doing i mean obviously no clue in the sense not like a headless chicken like i say say you have a vision but you're just pushing every every step of action you're pushing into something which like you know the the view of your results are unknown the idea is to like keep at the same time obviously this all comes with uh, not to be like absolute blind takers in terms of risk but knowing there's some bit of security but more and more you got to push your journey towards like going away from your comfort going away from your conveniences going away from the things that you know that you're going to do mm. every action has to be something like you're learning you're knowing and you're pushing in and now that and for and then i'm sure you can say this for yourself as well like the moments where you have felt absolutely frustrated absolutely anxious in the sense that you're putting your best efforts without any view to results in retrospect are the moments you really cherish the moments you feel like have had the steepest learning curve and the moments in terms of uh, multiple scales are the things that drive value for your professional development hopefully your you know monetary development as well at some point but ideas are those are the moments you really uh, cherish and that ties up to the larger point as i said and then's when you start making stories because i always feel like stories are a lag effect you know after you left bain you did you know a couple of months at technosoft and then you went through this like you said right 100 or 360 degree shift or change from going through technosoft which was i would argue you know a new environment a new space to everything new a new country a new culture a new business everything 
walk me through that transition wow this is like uh, yeah this is something definitely reliving those moments were that were not to say dark i mean as you mentioned were some of the things which really were like really starting to put the basic core to what uh defied you as a person and what like your soul and what you kind of build upon like my larger life over my professional and my past uh you know seven eight, uh, five six years so at that moment when you shifted from bain into technoserve and getting a bit into projects of agriculture i had snapped out of that whole point that i've been saying there were like you know you're doing things what society is asking you to do but then still back going seeing a relapse into it because you're in mumbai i mean so zavier's the college that i went to is from that city so i had still a very active network of friends and colleagues networks who i could tap into very easily so i saw i was relapsed in terms of uh uh my professional life i was relapsing into again going into those comfort zones where i was networking with people who i knew in terms of work yes there was a bit of a change in terms of sector like you move fully into agriculture and really understanding what makes uh, you know agro businesses tick but then again you see relapse in terms of a lot of the work once again came back to what you did in consulting which was a lot of modeling excel modeling and making presentations etc Mm. so i saw that i had taken a step towards doing something different but then again relapsing into the same life and that's a, and that's kind of like the most and to be honest i didn't have much more thinking beyond it it was just like a very i feel like my life at certain points is just a series of luck stroke decisions it just be like fuck it i just need to move on like i want to philosophize it and give a larger meaning to it but i have a very certain aspects of my and certain acts of my life have been the most random just kind of at one point like to be very i've told you this over time and time again i i decided somewhere in technosov that you know put me to africa and over there i don't want to work with technosov i want to be offload like i would be offshored into some other company yeah you know so they were like oh, it might happen it might not happen 8 pm i get a call uh there's an opportunity in ivory coast do you want to jump on to the plane next four hours i said yes i didn't even have time to think about it i had four hours to pack my f- bags and get the fuck out of india and i just did it so that's how things have worked for me like i i knew i was had something else in the back was developing but i had no idea but that kind of was like the defi- i would say one of the more defining moments and action points in my life that i would kind of say that you know the first time ever that i felt very concretely that you know you take try to start taking step by step charge over your life and that you are responsible for your actions your the results that you have in your life to a larger extent and you know your happiness most importantly when you look back and you know in this entire act of trying to go against society are there some decisions you regret wherein you're like hey i should have just gone with what society expected me to do definitely uh, i would say for larger part no but some part yes <laughs> because uh, i mean coming from i mean what we the narrative that we come from like a indian middle class background there's not much that you kind of like look forward to right you just slog out day in and day out without kind of really even taking a moment's pause so a larger part i am really happy in terms of you know uh, of what i've done but uh, the smaller parts yes in the sense that some of my loved ones i would have loved to have some of the connections that i have uh, lost and given from the background that we come in from the indian values the family and the relationships are very critical part mm. so i absolutely do not um, yeah i'm not happy about it but i probably saw that always as a cost of something that you know 
your fresh or your freshness of your thought and the originality of your idea that's the cost you really have to pay to be really kind of start devoting and now you start becoming to know a bit of more balance a point that we were discussing the other day right like relationships is all that we have i mean end of the day like we are humans and connection is all we will look forward to i definitely do regret that i mean our society teaches us a lot to be very close knit with a lot of people which i would not believe it but with some people yes that definitely your closest friends and family it's very very uh, imperative that you stay in touch as a wise man once said a relationship is like a tree so <laughs> do you have a plan for the next 10 years i have a larger vision but in terms of plan um, and as i said i mean i'm more coming from the like never had like restaurant people whom we have talked about as well within your stefanian crowd who knew that from the day when they were in i wanted to be like say the president of india or i wanted to be a ceo of this fortune 500 company or etc i personally am not of that category i'm more of like i won't say just be flowing like a tide because then you just kind of will never make any decision for your life but more i feel that you know my plan is to like just not uh, you know get comfort and get comfortable and get uh, redundant in any place that or any role that i am in yeah the minute it starts feeling that you know things over here you can be automated and you know you are spending lesser and lesser time doing things that you were supposed to do 2 years ago uh, it's that then the phoenix moment again just lighted up on fire 360 degree change and completely different and that's what it i hope i have the courage to keep doing that through my life comfort kills you Yeah, <laughs> comfort kills you. I really like the phrase you used, your phoenix moment. How far do you think you are away from your next phoenix moment? Are you are you reaching it, or are you quite far away from from it right now? A lot of the times, it has been a build up. It has been a very short build up. You know, like as you say, you start making stories in retrospect. So right now, it has not clicked, but it might be a a phase of you know two weeks or a month where you start just really looking back and you realize shit. a lot of the things have actually fallen into place here a lot of the things within one two months you could automate and you could actually just get out it's a very good sign metric right if you get out if the things are still moving then you are not required there mm. so i think like my golden rule in life is like whichever job you are in you have to work towards making that job redundant mm. and then only you are growing or else you are just kind of becoming a robot in that place so right you're not even really innovating thinking like the number one rule of your job is to be getting out of that job <laughs> so i i feel that right now i haven't seen it yet but i think uh, as you say a lot of the writing i think uh, when i start writing a lot of the, some of those puzzle pieces which in your head loosely held start looking you know uh, you see them and i feel that like i haven't seen it yet but i generally what i've seen it like it's a one like two to two month two week to two month phase where a lot of the pieces just start falling into place and then you're like just okay so yeah. coming coming down back to stories which i wanted to touch on The only time I've seen people tell stories about the future, or at least the most common one, on what is your story, is for the Blessed Business School. Yeah. Um, and you had an interesting experience with with the business school, right? Uh, long story short, for people listening, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I've got any any of the details wrong, Darshit basically applied uh, to MIT, got in, uh, and after a couple of months, said that, "Hey, uh, sorry, I, I don't want to go there. I think you deferred it." and then you're like hey i'm, yeah. I'm just not going to go so so walk me through through that entire thing i'm very curious to know what was going through your mind that's actually the most uh, unfortunately grateful to that experience but unfortunately that 
writing your business school apps are the time when you have written the most in your life and you start really introspecting so like one good takeaway take that i give from them is that i really kind of like you know thinking a lot about like what what has happened up to date taking a stock and really kind of thinking what you where you want to go so yeah got through the program uh, at that time luckily i had this opportunity from the firm that i'm working in right now sukafina commodity trading firm uh, it seemed interesting it felt like a lot of the larger contours of the job would be something that i would want in a in a job after the business school so uh, the th- thought process at that time was that you already are having an access to a job which is not 100% uh, you know kind of satisfies your needs but more importantly like will uh, satisfy a lot of the, your professional needs that you wanted after 2 years of your education you have it in front of you you handle a part of the pnl so you drive the decisions you drive the purchases sales supply chain efficiencies uh, cost cutting revenue generating etc so there is like like any other it's unlike any other job where you are like you know are just supposed to do things because it's very open ended how do you make money you know so how do you drive value and you are you are, you have to take risk those are some of the elements that that i have maybe have touched upon briefly before in this conversation so gave you those opportunities why not uh, cut the chase short Two years later, and immediately take this opportunity. I mean, who knows what's like, you know, what's going to work, what's not going to work for you in the future. So, long story short, I mean, that's how I kind of went through it, and I felt like, yeah, this would be something good fit for me. And the conversation with our CEO at that moment, and that summer when I was visiting our headquarters in Geneva, sealed it everything. Basis, I mean, you know, mm. what he had a vision in terms of larger, and that kind of gave me a larger point of like how important it is to have a vision, which is. Uh, like you know flexible and the operation plan can be flexible yeah. yeah that was the thought process you've been in africa for four years now yeah tell me about africa and you know forget about your your work in africa but just i don't know anybody who lives in africa and africa is uh-huh. a big generalization because that's like hey tell me about asia and there's like so much in asia so apologies for my for my generalization yeah. but tell me about africa Yeah yeah so 5 years in africa right i mean and you rightly as you identified africa there's nothing that binds this whole continent except for the word africa because everything else apart from it is different it is a very interesting place and if you say right like a lot of the decisions when you look back and you would not want to change ever me moving into like my early 20s into africa would be one of them that i would not trade that for any other experience it's an extremely vibrant place quick general fact here and there which i'll keep throwing has around 54 countries is not many people may think about africa yeah so i i almost 54 I, countries i didn't know that <laughs> every every culture is a miles away from it's like you know uh, from each other and you know beautiful place i mean uh, yeah sir i didn't use that adjective up front beautiful a lot of the world has tried to categorize this continent into like when you say low economic growth and low gdp thing and the growth of tomorrow the real like ideas of tomorrow the real challenges of tomorrow and the solutions and the value to be created for tomorrow is somewhere like i feel africa is a place to be in a sense like southeast asia is something which was 5 10 years ago like it, it maybe like you know 5 10 years more there will be like there and then africa is a place where you really want to have be now and look at a 5 15 year 20 year look and really start thinking of course obviously it comes with its own challenges and risks but i mean i'm extremely grateful as i said like all like i now lived in like four five and moved traveled across at least 15 or 20 of these countries mm. and 
everything has just had a humbling experience and added a different dimension to how a perspective to kind of like you know how you interact with people how you see the world and i definitely would highly recommend you know people to kind of keep a foot here and uh see what it is even if it means doing the most conventional safari in one of these countries even if that's kind of like your first step definitely do that but at the same time just take a bit of your time out and just go to a city and i'm i'm sure that i with this podcast ever let me know if you ever hear like i can happy to connect to any country you go to and just have a conversation with somebody and just really realize what this place is like i think the future the future is definitely a part of the future is definitely if not the future you know okay moving on uh, and maybe this is the last section of uh, uh-huh. our conversation maybe the second last but you have gone through this entire you know journey of really really thinking about health right you know mental yeah. uh, physical you're doing marathons you're waking up yeah. at 6 you're doing like intermittent fasting when i think of you when we were in belvedere <laughs> belvedere park <laughs> wasn't like this so let's so walk, for... <laughs> walk me through when that shift happened and 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 talk to me about the biggest things which have helped or worked for you um in this entire mm-hmm. health aspect for yourself sure no that's a very good question man there's something that i've been you know not talked a lot about but like to see myself as you say like let's just say I was the opposite of <laughs> one of the actions that i take right now in terms of my life you take 2 3 4 5 actions and you relentlessly do it and over time they scale up to something very different which is then over time completely different from that so that two different ways to journey right like one day you just completely see degrees change and you do it so you can do that in some aspects and some other so have a health for me was a more like a a gradual build up i would say a uh ongoing journey till date but still charted it over 3 to past 3 to 5 years mm-hmm. and that all started with something you realize like you got to fucking like once just look in front of the mirror and like this is what you would kind of be happy with like you know i feel that like aesthetics are the one of the most fundamental aspects to human life as much as what we call narrative will tell tell you like the beauty is inside and all that which is true partially but we over evolution are known to look into people's face and judge for their aesthetics that's what has helped us survive you know mm. over millennia so and you just cannot try to start discarding that and i really felt that you know that version of my body and like me was not the best of myself leaving the aesthetic aside as well did that give you the energy to get through your day you know do you need supplements like caffeine do you need supplements like red bull so do you need other whatever cigarettes to really kind of you know get through the day or do you really intrinsically forget the whole motivation part but like physically genealogically did it get drive to you and that very much answer was very obvious up front so you start walking you walk 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 and for us relentlessly you just walked where you just put on a podcast just walk for 2 hours that's it don't think that story became into runs yeah then you start running over like two times a week three times a week but you just got to like you got to be disciplined in the sense like yeah two three times a week you got to do that uh the third one then after that was like you start taking a bit of the weights and like okay you really realize okay now i need to take lift a bit of the weights do get a bit of the muscle and then like you know that stream ball into certain sports and like a lot of other activities that i do right now and now to just give you where that all that step by step action has led to i do like medium to short term whatever marathons very now and then i box i play squash i swim 
I do intense, like very rapid mountain climbing, like, you know, long distance cycling. I do anything and everything without any plan again. Now it's reached to a point where you just kind of like the whole physical intensity drives me happiness. So, so, so just to, just to pause there, can you give me, uh-huh. I know this, but describe to me quantitatively, what is a, what is a, a marathon and what does long distance cycling mean? A marathon is 42 kilometers. Yeah. 42.2. How frequently exactly. yes. do you do this? Not anymore that much, actually, to be honest, but I now more into a different type of running. I'm like short term, intense, fast running till like, you know, you're almost fainting. Mm. <laughs> it's a very different way to approach things like you know i kind of over time felt that long distance was not most suitable to my body and my body ergonomics mm. uh, i really wanted to drive stamina and like the the picture that i have in mind these days is lean and agile mm. what would drive my lean and agileness and i feel that long distance doing like a rabbit running over thing may not be the most important for me but so, but when you were doing it how, how often were you yeah. doing it I would do it like, again, that also was a bit unplanned, but I would say sometimes it was once a year or sometimes it would be like more than a couple or something like that in a year. And there was nothing like I used to go into a race. Mm. Something like you just wake up one Sunday and you're fuck it. I'm just going to run 30, 40, 50, whatever kilometers you can. Just you just Mm. run. And then your long distance cycling, how much was that? That was something around like 200 kilometers. (laughs) How frequently did you do that? That was something recently and that I would do like once in two months. You would cycle for 200 kilometers. Yeah. And that's like also in treacherous of Rwanda. So that would be up and down mountains, you know, it's not like a fucking flat. And initially it was a bit more like selfish, you know, like I felt that the two most creative moments of my, uh, my day were like when I woke up and second were after my workout, when your muscles have been under strain and been under pressure are when you felt the most alert. So initially it started off something to be like a very selfish reason that I needed to have freshness of thought. Mm. and some bit of charge to go to the next two, three hours of work. Mm. So I deliberately used to just do an intense workout and, you know, like do an intense workout, 30, 40 minutes, whatever you can, till you fucking go out of your breath or your body is in pain. Mm. You really then just go back to work and that just helped me. Mm. And over time I've realized like there's now enough biological study to like, you know, if you ever want to do your research to know that like, Lifting weights has been the most core fundamental thing to human life. And when I say lifting weights, I don't mean a guy in a gym lifting those weights, which in a way is a, one of the ways to do it. But mm. idea is to just, you got to be lifting heavy things. I mean, not to go too much into the biology, but your death kicks in for most of the humans. It's around 35 to 40. Mm. When your cells, correct me for any biologists you're listening, but this is a very layman's way to describe is that when your cell growth starts increasing at a decreasing rate. Mm. So when your cell growth starts at a decreasing rate is when you basically are starting to die. And how do you prolong that further is you put pressure on your muscles. And when you put pressure on your muscles is when you lift weights. So your cells tear and regenerate every time. What I do sometimes is I take an oak of wood and just walk around the street. Not science engineer the shit out of everything, but larger three, four rules that I keep in mind is that like intermittent fasting is absolutely important almost five to six times a week, you would like, you know, do the 16, eight cycle, the 16 hours, no calories. That means only black coffee or green tea and nothing and water, obviously, but nothing else. And you eat in eight hour window cycles. Mm-hmm. And out of that snacking is the worst you could do. So eat one or two meals in that. That's it. That's one that I have lived by. This has worked very well for me. Lifting weights, the most fundamental thing. And that doesn't mean, as I said, 
if you get rid of that idea like gym is definitely a good supplement but you got to be a bit more lean as so like say play some sports and like this cut out carbs like our indian diet which you like you know like it's 70% carbs and 30% protein and vitamins just flip that ratio and zero sugar let's say you could do honey and fruits and all that but like sugar sugar like just absolutely no these four things that's it protein carbs ratio sugar intermittent fasting and lift weights and and trust me three months just give yourself three months with this yeah you see the results for yourself so as you say like over time you steam balls into something bigger which you don't expect it scales now i don't have even have a, like a proper plan i just you know sometimes somebody just pushes me like hey let's go for boxing and i just do it and you might make an absolute fool of yourself which is completely fine the idea is just be having fun okay coming to the last part and i know we're slightly over time so i'm going to try and wrap this up quickly if you were to go back and you know give a piece of advice to your 20 year old self uh, or yourself yeah. back in 2010 what would that be take risk it's very okay to fail to even a point it's honor to fail as long as the followed effects are not on others lives and health and happiness do the hard things comfort kills you convenience kills you uh, reflect and write more often so that's pretty much it man thanks a ton for taking time and doing this darshit uh, really really appreciate it man and i've loved you know where all it has gone i did not expect this but i have absolutely loved how this conversation has unfolded no i'm i'm extremely glad and honored to be the first non stefanian on this podcast you know <laughs> that takes a bit of a <laughs> yeah and more importantly no thanks for definitely uh asking these questions and instigating some bit of like thought process in this so always love chatting with you thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the conversation if you'd like to hear more of such stories do let me know See you in the next one.